Hey everyone, welcome to episode 11. Let's just jump straight into it. It's been a year. It's been one whole year since my first exhibition, which I called No Pits, Just Pits. And it's pretty apt given that I broke my lens, you know, in a mosh pit recently. I love shooting straight from the crowd and you get to meet so many people when you shoot in the crowd as opposed to just staying in the photo pit. But, you know, at most shows now, there's a whole bunch of people who don't know each other. They're like separate people, but I know them somehow. And all of them offer for me to take their spot until I'm done shooting. They know I'm only going to be there for a couple of songs because I would never, you know, expect them to allow me to be in front of them the whole show. But, you know, they go, oh, you know, you can go, you can go in front. And that's because I met them and they're, they're awesome people. And if I was just in the photo pit the whole time, you don't always meet those people, you know, and those people are there supporting the bands that you love as well. So you've got something in common instantly. Met so many rad people at shows when there isn't a photo pit. So I thought, well, you know, why not do a photography exhibition celebrating, you know, the fun of photographing shows where there isn't a photo pit. And it was really fun. And I've got some ideas for the next exhibition because I really like doing no pits just pits I'm not sure how long it's going to take like for me to put it together but I reckon it's probably like half done and that's progress progress is good I want it to be themed again but you know I want it to have some value beyond the actual photography you know but I'm just sort of spitballing because I'm not fully finished it, but we'll, we'll see next year when it uh, comes around. So I rebuilt my print store to celebrate the first anniversary of No Pits, Just Pits. And I put the last of the prints from the exhibition on there. And you can, you can see them all. You can buy them by going to mattwalterphoto.com slash prints, not the artist. P-R-I-N-T-S. Also up there are some signed prints of series, Camp Cope, and there's some other ones up there as well. The Vinyl Soho and the Smith Street Band signed prints are sold out. They sold out within the first 24 hours, but you can still buy those photos as prints, just unsigned. I don't reprint photos either, so... The people that are asking if I'm going to do like a reprint of anything that's sold out, the answer is unfortunately N-O. And I don't reprint because if you're one of the people that were quick and got a certain print knowing that there was only like five or ten of them, then you'd be pretty bummed if I just went ahead and made more like it was nothing, you know? I think there's a rarity in art that makes art special, and I don't want to dilute that. I don't want to dilute that for people who have bought prints in the past. So if you get in quick and you get a print, awesome. Throw it on the wall and it's, I think it's fun knowing that you've got something on the wall that was chosen by the artists themselves and that makes it, you know, a little bit more special. So there's still, a, you know, there's still a fair range of stuff on the store at mattwalterphoto.com slash prints. Anyway, we got some questions this episode to answer. Last episode, we went through how I got started with music photography, which was a long one. 
or a lot longer than uh, we normally do because I try to keep these bite-sized. Um, so I asked for some, uh, you know, send in some questions. And I got around 30 sent in, which was nice. And I wish I could answer them all, but each podcast, it can't go on forever. Like I said, try to make this bite-sized. So if your question isn't answered in the episode, I've added it. I've got like this list of questions to answer for next time. Um, and I don't do like, I don't draw them out of a hat or anything like that. There's around 100 questions on the list right now. And I'm trying to think of ways to catch up. Maybe we'll do like a special one-hour podcast or something. I don't know. Maybe you should let me know whether I should do that or how I should deal with these questions. Because I think that 100-question list is only going to get longer and longer. Anyway, let's not make this longer and longer. Question number one is from Dan Palumbo. And Dan says, is it better to use a fast zoom lens when shooting concerts or will a prime get the job done? Well, fast zoom lenses are expensive. And, you know, if you're not sure what a fast lens is or what we mean by that, a fast lens is one that opens really wide. So apertures like 2.8 or 1.4 is sort of what we're talking about. Let's lots of light in. And fast zoom lenses are a luxury but they come with this huge price tag, probably because it's really hard to design a zoom lens, you know, that can open wide at any sort of focal length. You know, the Canon 70 to 200 millimeter 2.8L lens, that's around like 2,500 bucks, which is cheap when you start to see some of the other sort of really long focal uh you know, the really long zoom ones. So you look at like the 600 millimeters and stuff like that, the really custom stuff, that's so expensive. And all of a sudden this 70 to 200 millimeter lens seems really cheap. But you can get a prime lens that opens even wider than that 70 to 200 and it opens to around like 1.4 as opposed to 2.8 for around like 500 bucks. And you can get a really sharp, high quality one for like 800, 900 bucks. My Sigma Art was like 800, 900 bucks. And I personally think that primes can get the job done. A lot of people prefer to use primes in general. When you're shooting a festival, though, fast zooms can come in handy because you're trying to stretch yourself across all these different stages. And all the stages are built very differently and they've got different heights and you know, different distances from the photo pit. So if you have a prime lens that's like 100 millimeters, you might find that you need something wider for certain stages, you know, and you just, you, you don't have that luxury of zooming, right? But you've committed to this, this um, I guess, permanently zoomed in 100 millimeter prime lens. And that's where a zoom would come in handy because you want to go just a little bit wider. So I guess it depends on your ratio of festivals to standard venue shoots. If you do more venue shoots, then get a fast prime straight up. Think about how wide you'll need it to be based off, you know, your knowledge of the venues in your area and the venues that you shoot at. Because you'll need to think about, you know, how far you are away from the stage where you shoot. Is there a photo pit? Is there not a photo pit? How high is the stage? How far are you away? Um, you know, and if you're not sure, grab a zoom lens, like grab a 24 to 70, hire it and hire a 70 to 200. And when you import the photos, have a look at, 
you know, filter it by focal length and see which focal length range you're using the most. And then you'll kind of know roughly what ballpark focal length you want to use. If, if there's a lens, if there's a prime lens around that, that opens wide, then get that and, you know, spend your time cropping or cloning. You know, you want to get something that's wide enough, but not something that's so wide, you're going to have to always spend time, you know, cropping or cloning out unwanted stuff because that can take a while. And I think that's the most efficient way to go on your wallet just to figure out what prime works for you and then get that one and then book more and more work until you can afford a fast zoom or just if you're rich, buy a fast zoom. Next question is from Nicola Kelly. How much time do you spend editing? I did. I wanted to answer this question, right? But I didn't want to answer this question because I'm not proud of the answer. You know, I generally spend like six or seven hours editing a suite of images after I shoot, like after the gig. And that's like the next day, but that's a long time. And that's extreme for most people. And if you break that down and you charge based off the hour, then that becomes really expensive for the client. And, you know, you're going to lose work because your, your fee is going to be huge. And I prefer to spend as much time as it takes effectively. I prefer to, to do that because if that's what it takes to get the right look and feel when you edit, then I'm happy to do that but I do hate editing so much. And I, I think, you know, yeah, you could outsource it. A lot of wedding photographers, they outsource it to people that understand their style and they go, okay, here's all the raw images. Can you just go ahead and edit these? And then they, they pay them because they just don't want to edit it and they'd rather be out shooting. And that's totally fine. But I think editing, you know, maybe it's just for the genre that I do, but I think it's a really important part of what makes our photos feel like our own. So I think it's something that we all should spend as much time on as we need to, to get it right. Some photos I can edit within 15 seconds and then other ones can take like 15 minutes and some take even longer than that. Generally, the more I need to clone out of the background or the more differing light colors there are in the photo, the longer it takes. And to give you like, here's like my sort of rundown on how I, how I edit. So, you know, I block out the following day to edit, like I said, and I import the photos and I shortlist around 20% of the photos that I've taken and I edit around 75% of that shortlist. And then I supply 50% of that shortlist to the artist. I could easily shorten my editing time by editing the photos that I want to give the artist and, and none others. But I find that if I need to edit more photos, then I actually supply because sometimes I find like with, you know, photos I think aren't great when I take them, they turn out better than the photos that I thought were going to be awesome when I first took it and checked the back of the camera. Because editing can make a huge difference on what, you know, looks rubbish straight out of the camera and vice versa. You can't guarantee photos make the shortlist when you first take the photo, no matter how excited you were when you first took it. You just, it always, it seems like Murphy's Law, it always turns out, you know, different. The next question is from Jackson. What other art forms or forms of media do you seek inspiration from? 
I found this question like hard to answer in the past. I don't get asked it often, but sometimes I get asked in interviews and I talk about how you know scared I am to take too much inspiration from photography itself. I love photography, don't get me wrong, and I love the work of other photographers as well, but I'm conscious of not relying on it too much as a source of inspiration because I don't want to get like it's inspired too much that I start to emulate it without intending to. Especially when like the work is so sick and it's like, I love the work so much, you know, it just, I'm worried that my work is just going to become a poor version of the work that I love. So I consciously take inspiration from other genres of media, like first and foremost, mostly, you know, paintings and film and TV. I like that paintings aren't constrained to what actually happened and while I love photography for the opportunity to capture a moment that actually happened, I like the idea of being able to paint and create whatever you want, regardless of whether it was there or not. And I don't really know how to paint. I mean, I did a bit of painting when I was a kid and I was like, okay at it, but I gave up because I was just a lazy kid. I'm not sure if you know, it's that past experience that makes me feel inspired by a good painting. But, you know, I get really inspired thinking about how the painter started with nothing. And then they made something that makes sense to the viewer. You, there's no right or wrong. There's no restriction on the color or the shape. They can make whatever they want. And somehow, somehow that translates to the viewer. And that makes me feel really inspired and full of faith that what I make with a photo can make sense, you know, if I'm not creating everything from scratch, I'm just complimenting or, you know, showing what happened. So I feel a little bit more relaxed that what I'm doing is logical and it makes me feel a little bit more sort of like at peace to take more risks, even if they're like small risks, you know, they're not huge. Also like that paintings are never critiqued or, well, you know, rarely critiqued. They're, you know, often seen as like final, final works, final pieces of art, and you either like it or you don't. And it's fine either way, but it's never sort of like said, oh, look, I would have done it this way or I would have done it that way. Photography is a little bit different because it's often represented digitally before it's presented physically, whereas paintings are always physical. And even when they're digitized, it's understood that they're complete because you know that the painting is somewhere physical because it probably wasn't created digitally. So people don't give constructive criticism on it. They just let the painter do what they need to do. And that's some like exciting freedom that I hope one day photography can exist within. It helps me, you know, when I think about that, it helps me not feel constrained so much. Remember when I first started photography, I would put up a pic and I would think for me, for where I am, that is a good piece of work. And I would put it up and, you know, sure, like I've gotten better over time, but people would give me feedback on that when I wasn't necessarily asking for feedback. And it would discourage me because I'm like, well, I took that photo. I was there. You know, how do you know that you could have made it better? You know, I always wanted that feedback, but I wanted 
me to discover that feedback in a way that made sense to me. And I, you know, it's sort of discouraging sometimes when people are giving you feedback on something from a creative angle that you didn't necessarily ask for. And a painting doesn't really have that. And it's the same as when you print out a photo and you give a photo to someone and it's printed, they won't give you feedback on it. They'll just say whether they like it or not. And the same with painting. But if you email someone a photo or you put something on a discussion board or on uh, you know, Facebook, People like some people go, yeah, great. Or some people go like, oh, no, I don't really like it. And then some people will go, I would have done this and I would have done that. And I'm like, well, you know, you know where the bridge is. You can go take the pick yourself. And I won't give you feedback on it because that feels rubbish. So it's like, that's kind of why I like painting. And I take some inspiration from that, even though I'm not good at it. I don't create like genre pushing work but not feeling like someone's gonna tell me how they would have done it helps you embrace your own journey in direction with the art because it's a little bit more like self-discovery and self-analysis of your own work because you know what you could have done better or differently because you were also there the film and tv part of the inspiration is a little bit more straightforward obviously but I like that as like a source of inspiration because a lot of the serialized TV shows and a lot of movies nowadays, they rely on like natural light rather than big studio setups that look super glossy. You look at a lot of the scenes from like Sopranos or um, the movie The Revenant and that use, the movie The Revenant use all natural light. They had to move it from, um, I think, Canada or Alaska to either Canada or Alaska, the other one around because they were losing too much light and they went over schedule. Um, and that, that kind of like, you know, way that light can be used and you can take photos at certain times of day and things like that, that that's, that's exciting to me. And I also like the way that shadows can like fall away to blacks and characters, they, they sort of move in and out of the light. And it just makes me feel like, you know, I have control of where the subject should sit because it's not static. And it's freeing thinking about, you know, there not being any right place for the subject. It's just wherever they are or wherever you as a photographer wants them to be. There's no right or wrong. Um, so, yeah, I definitely like painting, film, TV. Um, love photography. I, I do feel inspired by photography, but I, I try to avoid, um, you know, locking myself into that trap. And I don't want to be a, a poor man's version of the people that I look up to. Anyway, that's it for this episode. I hope it was helpful. Um, I love doing this and I love the feedback that you give the podcast on Apple iTunes or, you know, wherever the hell you do it wherever the hell you're listening, tweet me, uh, Matt Walter Photo or Instagram, same. I appreciate you sending in questions. You can send in questions whenever, but I generally, before I record, like 24 hours before I record, I'll put out a, um, a post on Instagram and with the, um, the question feature and you can drop your questions in there. Um, generally, that's the quickest and most, you know, that's, that's the chance of it being answered most. That was a poorly constructed sentence to end on, but I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna redo it. That's just a one cut thing. Don't forget I got limited edition prints on 
mattwalterphoto.com slash prince. Clowns have a tour coming up, which is going to be awesome. Um, I love those guys. And if you don't know uh, where, you know, the music comes from the start of the podcast, it comes from Clowns, from a song called Pickle. Um, so if you like that, you will like the rest of it. Uh, but if I don't see you on the Clowns tour, I'll see you on the DZ Death Rays show at the Tivoli this Friday night uh, with one of the best bands in the whole world, Pup. But most importantly, have an awesome week. Go take some photos and um, just enjoy doing it. And I'll see you next step.